0: All right, here we go. Welcome into the show. This is the San Francisco 49ers Report, and we are live here on Chat Sports. I'm Chase Senior. As always, thank you so much for joining us. And no matter where you are or how you're tuned in, we appreciate all of you for making today's show a part of your day. It's a beautiful Tuesday, my beautiful people, and we have a great matchup to talk about here on the docket as San Francisco hits the road Thursday, primetime against the Seattle Seahawks in a game that has a lot going on within it. And because it's Seattle week, if you hate the Seattle Seahawks, our tribal for San Francisco, I want everybody right now to type F Seattle. We're giving some early shout-outs to all of the real ones who are hanging out. That includes Roddy Cow, Henry, J.P. Molina, Noob, Killahunter Ray, Tom, Gamer, Oliver Leach, Ernesto, Davis, Steven, Tom Daly, Paul, Michael, Grant, Joe, Darius, Marvin, Luis Garza, Orlando Ventura, Quinn, Brady, William, Ken, Brian Cuffman, Joe Shanyo, T. Phillip, Relin Powers, Robert Broadhead, Rod G. Wildchild, all getting those FC Seattles in there. It is a beautiful sight. Speaking of that game, make sure you tune into our watch party on Thursday. Let's celebrate Thanksgiving together. Look, at that point, when we go live for an hour and 20 minute pregame show, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific, a lot of you will have already eaten your Thanksgiving meals. So indulge in some football with us right here on the show as we go live on the San Francisco 49ers Report. The best place to experience game day outside of being at the actual game. Some great Super Chat MVP items. Another raffle item to give away to a loyal subscriber. And once the game gets underway, live play-by-play audience interaction and the best Niners analysis in-game that you will find here on YouTube. PrizePix is why we're able to continue what we do on YouTube. And they are the presenting sponsor for our live show here today. A $100 deposit match if you go to prizepix.com CLNS and use the code CLNS for that deal to apply. This is the largest independently run daily fantasy sports app in North America. And if you want to tell myself and producer Chip... We've been on a heater, and if you were watching our watch party against the Buccaneers on Sunday, these were my selections: ding, ding, ding. I was a winner. Brock Purdy, more than 258 and a half passing yards. I had Debo Samuel, more than 48 and a half receiving yards, and then I tapped into my NBA, NHL bag: Sidney Crosby and Kevin Durant, more than five and a half shots on goal and three pointers made. You can win real money, and if you want to be like myself, producer Chip, Meek Mill, Andrew Schultz, the comedian, you can win up to 25 times your money. What's fun? You can just go straight NFL picks, or you can dabble with a little NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, college basketball, everything that you need at prizepicks.com slash CLNS. Last call here. If you hate the Seahawks, type f Seattle. And we're about to start the official show. And if you hate the Seahawks too, you can hit that damn thumbs up icon and like the video. 172 people watching live right now, 40 likes. Can we get to 100 likes for all of the loyal Niner fans who hate Seattle? Like the video if you can't wait for this game on Thursday. Three segments on tap for you today and some great Niners discussion J.P. Molina, Henry, the average Niner fan, Roddy Cow, brother man, Gabriel. Roddy saying San Francisco only six-and-a-half-point favorites. It's not bad for being on the road with Seattle at home on a short week coming off a loss. Killahunter Ray, Pac Magic, Robert, J.P., I'll type in F. Seattle, David Marcella, LFG Seattle. I love David Marcella being the heel. Greg, uh, Craig McLaren, Bang Bang Niner gang and San Francisco. All right, continue to hit that thumbs-up icon, like the video. The more likes that we get, more people who will find the stream, and the more fun that we will have here on the program today. And without further ado, let's talk some Niners here. San Francisco signing an offensive lineman, and should they inquire about linebacker Shaq Leonard, who was just released by the Indianapolis Colts? Let's get it. Another loaded show on the docket for today's San Francisco 49ers report by Sports. I'm Chase Senior. The Niners poaching an offensive lineman off the Jags practice squad to their active roster. We're going to get to that, but also should the San Francisco 49ers sign Shaq Leonard, surprisingly released today by the Indianapolis Colts and must pass through waivers in order for him to potentially latch on with the Niners. Here is the loaddown on Leonard. Waived by the Colts today after playing 70% of the snaps. His playing time was down. He wanted more snaps. Didn't agree with his lack of playing time with Indianapolis and the Colts clearly looking into the future here. Highly paid linebacker whose play is declining, who isn't playing as much, and that's why they decided to move on. Recently signed a five-year, $98.5 million contract extension in 2021. That was coming off the heels of Fred Warner's deal with San Francisco. $6.3 million remaining for the 2023 season. So the team that brings him in must pay him that money. And he's a very well-accomplished and well-known player, a three-time All-Pro and a three-time Pro Bowler from 2018 to 2021. Came into the league, made an immediate impact as a rookie, but over the last couple of years, play has declined while the injuries have gone up. And this is a Big name, highly paid player, dipping production, but Super Bowl contending teams will look into and they will inquire about the services of Shaq Leonard because he's going to be able to help a football team. He's still an instinctual player on the defensive side of the football who if you were to put him alongside Fred Warner as well as Dre Greenlaw, that's an upgrade at linebacker three regardless of how you slice it. But the reason why I don't think San Francisco is going to do it They're happy with the linebackers on this current roster, and I'm not sure Shaq Leonard is a player that is worth paying $6 million to for the stretch run of this season. If this was a massive need on this Niners roster, then maybe, but linebacker is not a massive need on this San Francisco roster. You look at what he's done here. The last two years in 2022 and 2023, compared to when he was a three-time All-Pro, From 2018 to 2021, this is that decreasing production that I was talking about with the injuries on the uptick. From 2018 to 2021, Shaq Leonard played 58 games, and he was considered to be one of the best off-ball linebackers in the NFL. He racked up 343 tackles, 30 tackles for loss, 15 sacks, 11 interceptions, and 17 forced fumbles. The last two years, he's only played a combined 12 games. Nine of them this year, and look at the lack of production there for this once great player. 42 tackles, two tackles for loss, zero sacks the last two years. After 15 in the first three, he's not intercepting the football like he used to, which was a special skill as an off-ball linebacker. Not making plays behind the line of scrimmage and. He's not really wreaking havoc as a guy who is generating or forcing turnovers. Remember when this was a conversation a couple of years ago going into the 2021 offseason? Who's the better off-ball linebacker in the National Football League? Is it Fred Warner of the San Francisco 49ers? Or is it Darius Leonard, now Shaq Leonard, with the Indianapolis Colts? Fred Warner got paid first at the time. And for a few days, he was the highest-paid off-ball linebacker in the NFL And then Shaq Leonard was able to overtake him as the highest paid linebacker in the NFL. If you were siding with Leonard then, your argument doesn't hold a lot of weight. And it ended up evaporating very, very quickly because Fred Warner was then the best off-ball linebacker in the NFL and still is right now. He's also been an Ironman throughout his career Hasn't missed a game in his NFL career, has Fred Warner. Overall pro football focus grade this year of 89.3, a run defense grade of 90.9, pass rush grade of 73.8, a coverage grade of 78.5, only allowing a passer rating of 74.4 when targeted. Fred Warner is a player who excels when he drops back in coverage, tight ends, wide receivers, running backs but he can also be included in some of these blitz packages. 29 stops as well. That's just being a game-changing player right there on 403 coverage snaps. You compare that with Leonard, and the numbers, frankly, aren't really that close, especially with the availability siding with all-pro Fred. Leonard this year, overall pro football focus grade of 60.3, against the run, 64.3, pass rush 49.2. He has fallen off as a pass rusher in this league, and a coverage grade of 56.4. What's crazy, I don't even think that the pro football Focus numbers do Fred Warner justice, because I think he's even better than what the numbers indicate. So what do you think? This is today's poll question, and this will be the pinned comment on the video. So if you want to get active and you want to show your participation and support for the show, should the Niners sign Shaq Leonard, S for sign, or W for washed? What do you think? As you venture down there, make sure you subscribe to the channel because whenever a move happens, whenever there's an intriguing player out there that the Niners could acquire, like Christian McCaffrey and Chase Young, who we've talked about, and San Francisco ended up bringing in via trade, that's what we do here. We want to make you a smarter Niner fan and we want you to join the faithful family here at Chat Sports as we have more than 101,000 subscribers. Coming up next here on the program, the Niners signing an intriguing offensive lineman to their active roster. What does it mean, and what can this player bring to this organization? Stay tuned for that. First, though, 49ers Report is sponsored by Prize Picks. Get a $100 deposit match on the largest independently run Daily Fantasy Sports app in North America. If you use our link, prizepicks.com CLNS, and use our code CLNS. This has been a long-term sponsor for us here during this football season, and all of your support of the show has allowed us to land a great sponsor like this. So show them some love, make game day a lot more fun and entertaining, and win real money with Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. Here were my picks that I made during Sunday's slate. And if you were watching our watch party, you know that we cashed in Brock Purdy, more than 258 and a half passing yards in the pregame. I had said, I think that because the Bucks are so good against the rush, this might be a game where San Francisco relies on Brock Purdy to win it through the air. They did that. Debo Samuel was a part of it. 48 and a half receiving yards, more. And then I tapped into my NBA and NHL bag, Sidney Crosby and Kevin Durant, more than five and a half shots on goal and three pointers made. They run specials, which allows you to become a winner a little bit easier. So sign up today, prizepicks.com CLNS. That link is available for you down in the comment section and in the description of this video. Let's round out with the new edition to this Niners roster, Mia O'Brien, local reporter in the Jacksonville area, reporting this, that San Francisco has signed offensive lineman Ben Barch off the Jaguars' practice squad for multiple sources. Former fourth-round pick, started 20 games in four seasons for Jacksonville, including three this year. Farewell to my friend Ben, she said, our smoothie king. So I guess she had a little bit of a friendship with Ben. Now, when it comes to offensive linemen, I trust my friend Brad from SF Niners to provide us with some trustworthy and on-point analysis. Here's what he had to say today. He scouts this position really well. He watches a lot of tape in the trenches and used to be an offensive lineman. So when he says something like this, I'm going to pass it along because I want you to become a smarter fan. First thing that stands out to me is Ben Barch's feet and base. It's clear that he possesses and has movement ability as a converted tight end who now plays offensive guard in the NFL. More on that in a moment, but more on Barch right now. Really good size. And what's interesting is that he played D3 college football in Minneapolis at St. John's, but he has some excellent size at 6'6", 309 pounds, and the draft pedigree was there. A 2024th round pick, he went 116 overall, and he was the first ever player from that St. John's program to start an NFL game. And going back to what Brad had alluded to, if you look at a player like Lane Johnson, you look at a player like Jason Peters. Lane Johnson actually used to be a quarterback. Then in Oklahoma, he was a tight end, and then he converted to right tackle. A player like Jason Peters is going to be in the Hall of Fame, played his college football at Arkansas as a tight end, and then he made the switch to tackle, and he's become one of the best in the history of football at that position. Why is it a seamless switch? Because the body type is there, and oftentimes these tight ends have good footwork because you have to have good footwork as a tight end. A lot of tight ends are asked to block as well, so they have that type of skill set, but then they have the frame where you can afford to add muscle to And that's what's happened with Ben Barch. So he began his college career as a tight end, barely played. He was 220 pounds as a freshman, and then the coaches at that program noticed his blocking ability, and that's when he made the switch. And we know that San Francisco's offensive line is a little bit troublesome, and it's the biggest question mark, in my opinion, and biggest blemish, On this Niners roster here in 2023, even though they did play better against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, probably their most complete game as an offensive line unit this year. But San Francisco going into that week 11 game was the 20th ranked offensive line unit all across the board by pro football focus. And the return of Aaron Banks is looming is questionable against the Seattle Seahawks with that turf toe. Spencer Burford did not practice on Tuesday, so his status is up in the air. So if Banks can come back, then you would think that John Feliciano is going to start at left guard. If Aaron Banks does come back, I think that John Feliciano still might start at right guard, even if Burford is healthy enough to go because Burford has really struggled this year. There has been no second-year jump for Spencer Burford. He has earned a negative grade on 20.4% of run plays this year for the San Francisco offense. That is seventh worst among all NFL guards. So clearly his play hasn't taken off like Aaron Banks' play took off. When he went from barely playing as a rookie second-round pick out of Notre Dame to last year becoming a borderline all-pro player. And maybe this acquisition for San Francisco is because Burford is hurt, but also really struggling this year. And this Niners coaching staff in front office realizes they had to address that area on this club. It is Seattle week, so if you hate the Niners' arch rival, who doesn't? I look at their jersey colors, I get sick, I hear the name, I get sick. Russell Wilson used to drive me nuts. Type F-Seattle down in the chat. And as always, thanks for watching the show here today. Segment number one of three. It's, it's all good. Yeah, that thing's a disaster. Tried to fix it. No worries. Oh, yeah, we will for sure. Darren Taylor, if you want the Niners to win, give me a woo. Two claps in a Ric Flair. Woo! There you go, Darren. Elvin Santiago, F. Seattle. Aaron, F. Seattle. Oliver Leach, Matthew Vega. All type in F. Seattle as well. Tom Daly in the chat. Hates the Seahawks, too. So that was segment number one. Segment number two from the scout team to living the dream. We're going to talk about Jair Brown, and we have to comb through some more insane Brock Purdy numbers. No Super Chat menu today, but if you really want to be a real one on this show, it's Seattle week. You can still send in a Super Chat because we, of course, appreciate all all of those donations that do come in. We ready to rock for segment number two? San Francisco. Let's go. Coming up on today's San Francisco 49ers report from scout team to living the dream. We have a breakdown to get to on Jair Brown, the rookie safety, who the Niners traded up for in the third round. And now going to play a big role with Talanoa get out for the rest of the year with the torn ACL. And we have some more insane Brock Purdy numbers to take a look at that you do not want to miss. But first, you don't want to miss Our Thanksgiving primetime watch party right here on the San Francisco 49ers report. The Niners go to the Pacific Northwest to take on the Seattle Seahawks. Our coverage starts an hour and 20 minutes before this game. We have Super Chat MVP items. We have some raffle items as well. And then once the game gets underway after our pregame show, the best place for the faithful to experience game day Outside of being at the actual game. So make sure you subscribe and turn on those notifications. Today's show is sponsored by Manscaped, by the way. Check out the brand new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. And with Black Friday coming up, 20% off and free shipping. Holiday season right around the corner after Black Friday. Use the code 49ers at manscaped.com slash 49ers. So a major change in store this week for San Francisco against Seattle. Because Talano Hufonga out for the season with that torn ACL that I alluded to just moments ago. Suffered that injury on Sunday against the Buccaneers. And Jair Brown now expected to step in and start in his place alongside Deshaun Gibson. Who once again has been playing really good ball on a bargain deal. And Jair Brown had a great, and I mean great, debut against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There was one route early when he first came in for Hufongan, which... He was running this way, he got turned around, it led to a big pass play. But after that, Jair Brown was really good, more on him in a second. But first, of course, Hufanga is going to be missed. He's a fan favorite, Favorite. he has the Polynesian connection with Troy Palomalo, he tr- plays like Troy Palomalo, the hair is flying around, and he flies around, he's willing to sacrifice his body to make plays at all three levels of the field, and we're talking here about a 2022 All-Pro. He's one of the best safeties in the NFL. And he makes his presence felt all across the yard. And he's a versatile chess piece for D'Amico Ryan's the last couple of years, and then this year in Steve Wilkes. He also brings a youthful energy to this team that I do think the Niners feed off of a little bit. And then you go back to some of the numbers on top of the versatility, on top of him playing in the box, slot nickel, hybrid linebacker, or deep safety pro football focus grades, they really check out. And I think the big growth here for Hufanga is his growth in coverage this year from last year. 66.3 a year ago. Sometimes he would often get a little bit too overly aggressive, and that led to him getting beat as the opposing offense could take the top off of the defense. But his impact outside of that, it cannot be understated. Against the run, 77.1 rushing the quarterback is very good at that. A pass rush grade of 76.3 and an overall grade of 70.5. And now, welcome to the show, Jair Brown. You have some big shoes to fill, but Jair Brown is more than capable of fulfilling that role for Talano Hufanga. And who knows? He's drafted in the third round. He's a better athlete than Hufonga. Maybe a tad bit of a better blitzer. Could he end up being a better player than Hufanga? Or... Could this be your future safety tandem with Jair Brown and Talonohu Fonga? And it's important for Jair Brown to get some of those reps after barely getting any reps prior to that Buccaneers game. Cool moment for him here. He caught that interception of Baker Mayfield, got the wind knocked out of him. Fred Warner came up to him. He's like, you good? You just won us the game, bro. And all pro Fred and Jair Brown embracing right there. Here's what Brock Purdy had to say about Jair Brown because Purdy was going up against him. Because Brown was playing for the practice squad a lot. He said all the week so far he has given us a great look with playing safety. And then obviously with Antoine Winfield of the Bucks being one of their best defenders on defense. Jair did a great job with just all of those looks. They did a bunch of stuff with Winfield. And Jair, even at practice, was a ball hawk. And he does have ball hawk skills. But he also has some of those skills that Jair, uh, that Talano Hufani, excuse me, has. You could put him in the box. You can include him in some of those blitz packages. He was utilized in that way at Penn State, which is a big reason why I like the Niners' selection of him in the third round. In the draft back in April, he can line up at that slot nickel corner. He could play a little hybrid linebacker. And as a deep safety, he might be better in coverage as compared to Hufani. Again, player development is something that has made Hufanga a very good player. It's going to have to take place with Jair Brown, but the ability is there for him to be an impact player for the San Francisco defense. And I think him being ready and as ready and prepared as he was was a very good sign because he didn't expect to play in that game. But when his number was called, he ended up stepping in for Hufanga and made some game-altering plays, as we'll discuss here in a moment. Also getting some praise from his head coach in Kyle Shanahan. Oh yeah, I've noticed his improvements big time. He's really taken off here in the last month and was ready for his opportunity. You never know when it's going to come. And he's prepared, been preparing the right way, and that's a good sign for a rookie here. I thought you saw the instincts and you saw his feel for the game. It's just a natural feel for the game of football on display against the Buccaneers. And how about the numbers in his first extended action in the National Football League? Three pass breakups, two of which came in the red zone. One of them came in the end zone against the bigger Mike Evans, and he added his first career interception. And like Hufanga, I want to see Steve Wilks use him in a similar way. Line him up and play to his strengths all over the field. And if he's able to do that, San Francisco able to fill the void of one of their top playmakers in Hufanga being lost for the rest of the year. Coming up next, insane, wild, Eye opening Brock Purdy statistics as he continues to make an argument to be one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. Stay tuned for that. But first, today's show is sponsored by Manscaped. Holiday season coming up right around the corner. Black Friday is coming up after that Thanksgiving matchup between San Francisco and Seattle on Thursday. And if you're looking for a great gift for yourself or others and you want to save the brand new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra and the brand new 5.0 5.0 performance package you can get it right now at manscapecom 49ers and use the code 49ers with the lawnmower 5.0 ultra interchangeable blades a battery life that lasts a really long time and you don't have to worry about getting nicked up below the waist because nobody ever wants a massacre to happen if you're trying to clean up your balls brock purdy's been balling out Clean up your balls with Manscaped today at manscaped.com slash 49ers, 20% off and free shipping using that link, which is available for you down in the comment section and in the description of this video. Let's talk about Brock Purdy here to round out this segment. Brock is balling and he continues to put up just wild numbers here. I mean, it's crazy how well he has played to start his NFL career. And you look at his overall numbers this year. He's completed 70% of his passes. That's elite. He's thrown for more than 2600 yards in what is an evenly distributed offense with running and throwing it so the yardage is always going to be a down a, a tad, eight touchdowns and five interceptions. Those numbers though are just terrific. For me, it's Brock pretty just passing the eye test here. I mean, he is a mature-looking quarterback who's played a lot of football in his lifetime. How much he played at Iowa State, I think, has really prepared him for this level. That's why he's been able to have success, but there really isn't a lot that he has not seen so far in his NFL career. and His ability to have that pocket feel, the pocket mobility, the pocket movement, to make plays out of structure, to throw a touch, accuracy, and anticipation, to make the correct checks, to bounce off of what the defense is going to do, and then to counter the different wrinkles that they're throwing your way. This is veteran-laden quarterback stuff. And in his last two games, coming out of the bye and coming off those three consecutive losses, look at how well Brock Purdy has played. 40 of 51, 629 yards, three touchdowns, and a nearly perfect passer rating at 157.3. And now, Brock Purdy is number one among all quarterbacks in these categories. Quarterback rating, 115.1. QBR, 77.1. Completion percentage, 70.2. Touchdown percentage, 6.5%. Passing success rate, 56.3%. Yards per attempt, 9.7. Nobody is really close at that position across the entire NFL. His air yards per attempt is at 10.2. So don't tell me that Brock Purdy doesn't have the requisite arm strength. It seems as though arm strength has not been an issue with him at all. And then his yards per completion is also at 13.8. We have a classic case of draftism going on. If Brock Purdy was a first round pick, he would be looked at and he would be talked about as an MVP-level player and an MVP candidate up to this point. But because he's Mr. Irrelevant, because he was drafted in the seventh round, that's why people won't give him his flowers. But it's coming, becoming ridiculous at this point with how well Brock Purdy has been able to sling it. And what about that arm strike? Everybody thought that coming out of Iowa State, he had a noodle arm. He was a weak arm, dink dink-and-dunk passer on throws of 20-plus air yards this year. Brock Purdy is completing 63% of his passes, 19 of 30. That is number one in the National Football League. I know that we always plug our show for you to subscribe to and watch if you want to be a smarter Niner fan. If there's a beat reporter out there who I think does a terrific job to make you a more informed fan, that is Nick Wagner of ESPN. He's always putting out some great details, and then, of course, He takes to X to release those and talk about them, but also his articles on ESPN. And this is something that we talked about a lot here on the show. It's the explosive element that Brock Purdy has brought to Kyle Shanahan's offense. From 2017 to 2022, Jimmy Garoppolo, 6 of 40 with two touchdowns and six picks on throws traveling 30-plus air yards. In 10 games this year, Brock Purdy, 5 of 9 with two touchdowns And no picks on those throws. A new and valuable dimension to the Niners' offense is taking shape. And if you watched the show last year, I had told you that was the biggest eye difference and visual difference between Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo is the ability now for San Francisco to not be that mundane, boring passing attack that has these old-school schematic elements where Jimmy Garoppolo is really just constricted to living between the numbers and between the hashes. Brock Purdy can spray it all over the field, right? But he can also take the top off of the defense, adding a vertical element to this offense. And here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say about Purdy's arm strength. I think it's definitely stronger than what we thought it was when we drafted him, but we saw that the first day at rookie minicamp. I think when people talk about arm strength, it's yeah, can he sit there and take three hitches and make the wrong decision and just wait and throw it 70 yards downfield? Probably not for Brock, but when do you ever want a guy to do that? On a Hail Mary, maybe, but you like guys who can make all the throws in the timing of the play, which is usually going by the right decisions, when to throw it deep, when to throw it short, when to check it down, when to go over the middle. Brock's always had that ability. And I think, That is what separates Brock Purdy. That's what makes him special. And that's why Kyle Shanahan likes him so much. He is a smart and heady football player who knows when to make the right decision with the football. And sometimes what allows the drive to continue on a big down, a money down, a third down, a fourth down is making the right read. You can check at 70 yards with the pocket collapsing. That's cool and all, But I'd actually rather have a quarterback who knows what the defense is doing, is able to counter to that, has touch accuracy and anticipation, and makes the right play oftentimes. Josh Allen, way too inconsistent. Freak athlete, right? Brock Purdy, he's been the model of consistency this year and since replacing Jimmy Garoppolo. He is a top-blank quarterback. Let's challenge you. And I want to see and gauge where the faithful is at here. Where do you think Purdy ranks among all quarterbacks in the National Football League? You let me know down in the chat right now. Another programming reminder an uptick in audience here on the show. We will be live for our Niners Seahawks Thanksgiving watch party. Our coverage begins at 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific. And speaking of that game, we're about to preview it here right now on the San Francisco 49ers Report. No super chat menu today, as I said. But if you hate the Seattle Seahawks and you want your voice to be heard, send in a super chat if you hate that football team in the Pacific Northwest. So we're gonna round out our live coverage with this preview, a primetime matchup on Thanksgiving. Gonna be awesome. Recent commenter club, G Bone Patron. Aaron Jimenez. Oliver Leach, Val Brooks, what's up, Val? Alex Salinas, Hunter Ray, Foxy Steady, Sweep Seattle from Alex. I love it. And, of course, that is the motto right there. All right, let's get to this preview right now. Like the video as well to support the show. We have another great matchup between the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks as it seems as though over the last decade and a half these two teams always meet on the biggest of stages and that is the case on Thursday. Primetime matchup on Thanksgiving as we're going to preview this week 12 game between two of the fiercest rivals in all of football. It is going to be a John Madden Thanksgiving celebration. San Francisco hitting the road in the Pacific Northwest to take on the Seahawks in Seattle, Washington, San Francisco on a short week as the road team still seven-point favorites in this football game and the total over-under a little bit lower as I believe the odds makers are factoring in short week, These two teams know each other really well, and that's why that total is at 42.5. Also, Seattle could be without Geno Smith. We'll talk about him more so in just a couple of minutes. You take a gander at the NFC West standings. This game, huge for San Francisco because if they win it, they continue to further distance themselves from Seattle. Seattle currently number two in this division. They just lost again to the Los Angeles Rams after they lost to LA in week one. San Francisco sitting pretty here at 7-3, and three, and it's an opportunity here with taking on Seattle two times in three weeks to really clinch and lock down this division, but to also make a statement against a formidable opponent. Los Angeles Rams still kind of in the mix in the playoff hunt for one of those wild card spots at four and six, and you can Say that the Cardinals are done here at 2-9. From the NFC West standings to the NFC playoff picture. Philadelphia Eagles getting a win over the Kansas City Chiefs. They are still the number one seed in the NFC. An NFL best 9-1 record. Detroit Lions at 8-2. San Francisco 7-3. New Orleans 5-5. Five and, five. and then you see those teams in the wildcard hunt. Cowboys 7-3. Seattle 6-4. Minnesota 6-5. and five. Seattle needs this game badly to remain as a playoff contending team in the NFC playoff picture. Seahawks in this game, they are banged up and they've suffered some injuries to really important positions. Most notably, quarterback. Drew Locke had to come in and play against the Los Angeles Rams because Geno Smith was in and out of that game. A triceps injury. Pete Carroll Said that he's questionable. Not sure if he's going to be able to play. This could take a couple of days, and the triceps injury is on his throwing arm. Jamal Adams, what do you know? Injured once again. He too questionable on a short week with a knee. Darik Young, the wide receiver, questionable with an abdomen injury. And then you look at a player like Abraham Lucas, one of the Seahawks' best offensive linemen. He's questionable with a knee ailment. Kenneth Walker, oblique. I doubt that he's going to be able to play. Pete Carroll did say that that oblique injury is somewhat serious. And then Jarek Reed at safety, also questionable. For San Francisco, it is very rare that they are this healthy, knock on wood, going into this juncture of the season. Underhead coach Kyle Shanahan, they've been top 10 in injury rate every year since 2017. But right now on the injury report, Aaron Banks, questionable with the toe injury. Spencer Burford, a late addition to the injury report on Tuesday. And then Talano Hufango with that ACL injury. He's going to be out this game and for the rest of the year. Before we continue to move forward with our preview, make sure you subscribe to the channel and join us for our Niner Seahawks Thanksgiving watch party. We're going to have some Thanksgiving food here at the Chat Sports Studios. It's going to be me and Trizzy Trace and all of the faithful tuned in from everywhere. I hope at that point, By the time we go live, you're ready to share some drinks with us. You're ready to just sit back on your couch and experience game day with us here on the show and turn on your notifications. Therefore, whenever we go live, whenever we push out a video, you will be notified. With that, let's transition to my keys to the game. Whether Geno Smith plays or not, this is a Seahawks team that does have offensive talent. And even if Drew Locke has to play, San Francisco's three-game losing streak started Losing to P.J. Walker, who's not even starting anymore after Deshaun Watson is out for the year. They're going with the rookie and Dorian Thompson-Robinson. And to stop Seattle, this is a solid group here. We'll see if Geno suits up, but they have a really good wide receiver trio and some good weapons on that side of the ball. And San Francisco, at times this year, has struggled in the secondary. D.K. Metcalf, he's a handful to defend Tyler Lockett, excellent player, and then the rookie first-round pick out of Ohio State, Jackson Smith and Jigba. He is a very slippery player who has a very diverse route tree. And Gino having a solid year, I thought that he was going to come crashing down to the player that he actually is after having a career year last year, and he's done that. He's been somewhat mediocre to bad over the last couple of weeks. I just don't think he's a long-term starter in this league. And it was a win for San Francisco when Seattle gave him that contract extension. This year, he's completing 65% of his passes. He does offer a little mobility to that quarterback position, 240 yards per game. He's only thrown for 12 touchdowns and 7 picks. But this Niners pass defense, again, they've struggled in moments. A lot of these numbers have happened in garbage time, so context is obviously important for any type of debate or conversation that you're going to have, whether you're talking football, relationships, or politics, but opposing pass play percentage, Niners, 31st in the NFL. Opposing completion percentage, they're 21st in the NFL. Opposing passing uh, passes per game, Niners, 30th. Opposing pass yards per game, also 30th. And then their sack percentage, And this is really a byproduct of them struggling to sack the quarterback previous to the last two weeks when they've gotten after Trevor Lawrence as well as Baker Mayfield, five and four sacks respectively. It's 22nd in the NFL. So if they can't generate pressure against Geno Smith or Drew Locke with those weapons on the Seattle offensive side of the football, this defense could give up some points. So with that, the most pressing question this week. It's not... When you go to Thanksgiving and you're at the table with your family and they're asking you if you're dating anybody. No, that's not the most pressing question. It's who you got on Thursday night. San Francisco or Seattle, let us know in the chat right now F the Sea Chickens. More to get to with our preview, but if you haven't downloaded the PrizePix app, you are making a mistake. This is the largest independently run Daily Fantasy Sports app in North America. And we have the best deal to tell you about that any DFS app in the United States has to offer. Yeah, that's right. A $100 deposit match at prizepickscom CLNS. I was a massive winner last Sunday, but here at the Chat Sports offices, we all got together and we like some of these selections with this Thanksgiving slate coming up, but I really just want to pop this up to also tell you about some of the specials that Prize Picks has to offer. For instance, this week, get it right now while it's hot. Christian McCaffrey, more or less a half rushing and receiving yard. Hmm. All he has to do is gain one yard. Yeah, I think that's going to happen for the NFL's leading rusher, Jameer Gibbs, more than 78 and a half. Rushing and receiving yards. Tony Pollard, more than 58 and a half rushing yards. And then Brandon Ayuk and DK Metcalf, more than a half rushing or receiving touchdown combined. I think that there's a good chance that those picks can hit. And if you want to tell us, head to prizepicks.com CLNS. We provide you with great Niners analysis. We provide you with some good intel on these selections as well. It's Daily Fantasy Sports made easy. Key to the game number two, San Francisco has to protect Brock Purdy as well as protect the football. When San Francisco has gone on the road the last two years, they've been penalized a lot and they've given the football away. You can't afford to do that in a hostile environment considering how well these teams know one another with how desperate the Seahawks are. And turnovers can change the momentum of a football game as we know. Look at these Seahawks turnover stats this year. Turnover margin per game, they are ninth in the NFL. San Francisco is plus 10 in turnover differential. That's very good. Giveaways per game, Seattle forcing more than one. That's 7th in the NFL. Takeaways per game, 1.5, that's 16th. And then interceptions thrown 5, that is 17th in the National Football League. So Seattle is ball-hungry, and that's why ball security is going to be important. Give me that stat. Brock Purdy going to the pressure aspect of this, and I bring this up because San Francisco's offensive line probably had its best collective performance of the year against the Buccaneers on Sunday. Purdy has only been sacked 20 times so far this season. That is tied for 22nd most in the NFL among 32 teams. Now, the pressure rate is not all that great for San Francisco, but that's a credit, too, to Brock Purdy getting rid of the ball fast. A player to watch for this Seahawks defense is Boye Mafé, the linebacker-edge rusher combo. He leads the Seahawks in sacks with seven this year. He ended his streak of seven straight games with a sack in last week's loss against the Rams. His pro football focus grades are very good. And I can already guarantee you that Boye Maffe is going to be lined up on that Colton McKivitt side looking to exploit the Niners' weakness. Maybe even Seattle puts him up against the right guard, regardless of who it plays, whether it's John Feliciano or it's Spencer Burford or somebody else. His pro football focus grades an 80 overall grade defensively and then a pass rush grade of 79.4. That's a player that can wreck the game. And a hit on Brock Purdy can lead to a turnover, and that's how the Seahawks are able to feast. For San Francisco, I think it's equally important to pressure the quarterback. We took a look at some of the numbers earlier, but how about some of these in-depth numbers as to how this Niners team has been faring of late in generating sacks but also pressures. In particular, what they did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Eric Armstead was a game-changer, and he has been in three consecutive games, because in three consecutive games, he's tallied at least a half sack. He had 12 pressures against a top 10 ranked offensive line that the Buccaneers have. 12 pressures in a single game. That's crazy. So he was pressuring Baker Mayfield and collapsing the pocket through the middle and on the interior. That's huge. Clouding up the vision for the quarterback. Nick Bosa had nine pressures against the Bucs. Newly acquired Chase Young tallied five, and Javon Hargrave had four. The Niners as a team had 38 pressures against Tampa Bay. If they do that against Seattle, I think they're hopping on a plane, and they're coming back to the Bay Area with that fat dub. Tackle, tackle, tackle. Another huge key to this football game. Seattle under Pete Carroll is always a very well-coached squad. And they take advantage of miscues, turnovers, penalties, but also missed tackles. And this Niners defense has been at its best when they're tackling well. And when they don't, that's when they lose, that's when they falter. You look at the missed tackles tallied by week against the Steelers, Rams and Giants, as well as Arizona and Dallas. 5-0 and start. 7-8, not great. Then they it up. 3-4-2. Three-game losing streak. They missed 10 tackles against Cleveland, nine against Minnesota, and 13 against Cincinnati. But in back to back wins, only seven against Jacksonville, and then only four against Tampa Bay. You miss tackles, it leads to first down conversions, it leads to elongated drives. It leads to teams going from not being able to put up points on the scoreboard via a field goal or touchdown to putting points up on the scoreboard. And when you miss tackles and those negative plays happen, it absolutely deflates you. Lastly, for my keys to the game, I want to see a well-balanced offensive attack. And so far, when San Francisco has played its best football, it is when they are evenly balanced. Now, going into that game against Tampa Bay... The Bucs had one of the top rushing defenses in the National Football League. And I had predicted that the Niners were going to rely on Brock Purdy to win the game and air it out a lot to have success because the Bucs were so stout against the run. That's what happened. And Brock Purdy was able to elevate and respond and flourish with the first perfect passer rating since Joe Montana in 1989. But going on the road, it's going to be loud. So if you can establish that run to set up the pass and vice versa, and Seattle is sitting back on its heels and they don't know what to expect with McCaffrey running it, Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason as the backups. I know, I want to see more J.P. Mason as well. I beat you to it with your thought. And then with all the weapons, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, it just makes this offense so multiple, so diverse, and so difficult to defend. With that, now we ask you to predict the score. I asked you earlier... To predict who wins, San Francisco, Seattle, one of the best rivalries, not just in football, but in all of sports. My prediction, I do not think that the Niners are going to be able to score more than 30 points. I think the Seahawks' defense is too good for that, and this is a team that's too desperate with a very good pass rush. But I do think San Francisco wins by eight and they end up covering what is about a touchdown line in favor of San Francisco as they're giving seven to Seattle. My final score on Thanksgiving, 28-20. to 20.